So last week we put on our social media um, a modified trailer takedown uh, since we didn't have a show last week. And in lieu of a question to open the show tonight, Matt, take it away. Tell us what the results were. So the grand totals for our uh, trailer takedown from last week, uh, Black Widow with 41 points for our four votes plus the one uh, write-in vote on our Facebook page. Mainstream totaled seven points. And Space Jam 2 got two points. So it got one bucket. Uh, Two free throws and not from LeBron James. Um, So Black Widow blows away the competition with 41 points for win and wins trailer takedown. I mean, given the uh, given the competition, is anybody surprised? Not no. really. <laughs> yeah. That said, um, can we have can, can can we have Black Widow now? Can we just have- uh, uh, soon? <sighs> what June? June something? June seventh? Okay. And I'll tell you what. I finally got my second vaccination. So f that whole. Disney Plus premiere event thing. I'm gonna be seeing that in the theater. Heck yeah! And it'd be cheaper than the thirty dollars it'll cost you for Disney Plus premiere. True. I mean, well, I can't, ten dollars popcorn. Yeah. You're listening to the Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so we've got a bunch of stuff. So the first thing that I really want to talk about, um, ReadPop and ViacomCBS have partnered for Star Trek Mission Chicago. Uh, It's going to be at McCormick Place April 8th through April 10th, 2022. For those uh, playing the home game, uh, that is my birthday weekend that year. And (laughs) um, yeah, I need to be there. So it's a three-day convention that's going to feature celebrity guests, uh, exhibits, exclusive merch, uh, photo opportunities, you know, pretty much anything that you expect from a con, but like focused on Star Trek. Uh, The new convention will travel to a new city every year uh, to allow fans in all different areas uh, to go beyond the, quote, final frontier of the Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a little hesitant with this. which, I mean, we kind of can assume that C2E2 2022, that's a lot of twos, um, will be <laughs> not in its normal spot anyway, because 2021 is going to be in December. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I'm worried that this is going to start setting a precedent for C2E2 to be later in the year. And I don't know. I don't know that I'm about that life, but 100%. Um, even if we don't get press passes, I will be there. And if you don't get press passes, somebody needs to buy you for your birthday. I, I like I, I like where your head's at there, Lydia. <laughs> but but what do you guys think? I mean, is this something that you know that interests you at all, or um, yes. I'm just I'm like trying to like not look optimistically to the future right now, like. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but like, I just, I, I have a hard time getting in the headspace of going into conventions anymore. Uh, If this was two years ago, like, heck yeah, sign me up, let's go. But I'm still, I don't know. I'm afraid of people, TBH. So (laughs) I don't care if they're wearing Star Trek uniforms or not. I feel like I'm going in there in a red shirt and I'm not coming out. (laughs) See, I guess I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm just so over this at this point. I don't really care if there's people there or not. If it's something to do, I'm gonna go. (laughs) Like, get me out of my house and let me do something. So, yeah, it sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. My only hesitancy, and as 
don't get me wrong. I know that like the Star Wars celebration is three days long. Um, C2E2 is three days long. You know, Comic-Con is like a week long, but three days for the Star Trek convention just seems almost like it's a little much. Like you could have done it in two. I don't know. This could have been I'm, I'm, I'm being nitpicky. I don't know. Whatever. So Matt Matt's, wants, Matt's just wanting the convention to go at warp speed. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Please, Lord, beam him up. <laughs> so have a couple of books to review tonight. Uh, the first one is Project Patron. It's out now from After Aftershock Comics by Steve Orlando and Patrick Piazzalunga. Uh, so Patron was the world's greatest hero until he died, but then he came back, but not really. So <laughs> Tabitha, what did you think about this book? Um, I got to the end and I looked at Matt, who is my personal secretary when it comes to like the organization of our, of our reviews. And I said, do we have the second one? And he said, no. And I said, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked this. Like this was like a completely like fresh kind of new take on like superheroes and like what they mean to people versus just being a superhero story. It's a superhero story told, I don't want to spoil anything because it was surprising to me. Um, being told by a bunch of different people all working for the same goal, which is to provide an everlasting hero to the people. I don't know. I'm trying not to spoil it, but I, I really like this and I, I wanted the second one and I stand by bitches being my response. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I actually read this twice. Um, I read this last week when it came out uh, because um, I actually I bought the hard copy and was really excited for it. And then we didn't have a show. And then um, I read it again today because I was like, oh, hey, uh, I kind of remember, but do I really have enough knowledge to talk about it? So I reread it. And yeah, I, you get to that last page. And at the same, like both times I was like, but, 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 but where's the rest? Mm -hmm. I, I need more. Um, I thought that this was a really good start to, uh, an original story. You know, you had, I feel like all the members of Project Patron, uh, had a good introduction. Um, and then like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I felt like the scenes with Patron kind of felt like, you know, the old school Superman, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, that, that ending just came out of nowhere. Just, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt, what'd you think? I really enjoyed this. Um, and, and I maybe, I don't know, like you said, this came out last week, but maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler, but this is a new and interesting take on the team superhero concept. Um, and I really appreciate that. Like, there are so many things which feel like they are almost retreads when it comes to superhero comics um and this this is a new and a different take on it and i'm here for it um i i want to see the dynamic unfold as this continues so also out now from valiant is savage number three uh, it's by max uh, max bemis and nathan stockman so savage has escaped his problems and is hiding away on a personal island uh, too bad more monsters from the far away are ready to ruin his vacation. Um, Matt, I know we just talked about uh, Project Patron, but what did you think of Savage? I actually really like this. Um, and I also like the fact that, um, God, I can't remember his name. The villain is, is essentially like an old school mad scientist villain. Um, and... I don't know, maybe this counts as a spoiler or not, but there's a frame, there's a panel towards the end, later in, later in the comic, um, where you get the girl who's working for the, the mad scientist, and she's like loaded up with weapons, and she hops on a T-Rex that's got armor and wings? <laughs> uh, what? Like, every time I think this isn't going to get weirder, it does. 
and now I just need to know where it's going to go. Uh, Tabitha, I know you have opposite feelings. What, what were your thoughts? Okay, so there's weird and, like, kooky, and I enjoy it. And, like, if you told me T-Rex with armor and wings was something that I would see, I'd be like, oh, my God, that sounds great. But if I could run over this savage guy with a car, I would. <laughs> like, if he were in the road, I would run him over so he would not exist. Like, if this comic was about May and her, like, life with this villainous mad scientist guy, like, her struggle and this savage guy had never happened, this would be good. But unfortunately, like, George of the Jungle had a baby with Harry Styles and now we have this and it's awful. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just hate it so much. <laughs> I like, if we get the third one, I'm done. I'm out. Please this don't was, ask me. This was number three. Well, uh, the fourth one then. <laughs> See, I don't even know anymore. It's too many. It's too, too many. I'm done. I'm out. Give me, give me May's story. Give me a spinoff. Maybe. But I can't. I can't look at him go, oi, anymore. I can't do it. I refuse. <laughs> So, um, I am the opposite of Tabitha on this one. Um, see, for me, like, I, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, I I enjoy how, like, weird and wild and ridiculous that each, you know, I bounced that episode, that each issue gets. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. And I kind of appreciated the uh, Castaway Wilson reference uh, in this issue. completely makes sense being on a stranded island um but yeah so uh finally also out now from oni press is backtrack volume two it's by brian jones and jake elfnick uh so the stakes remain high in this race across time uh levy and the others have to withstand more than a few curveballs to make it to the finish line uh full disclosure on my end i have not finished volume two but that said this series, I know that we reviewed the first one seemingly forever ago um, and loved it, but I had never come back to it, and I am so mad at myself that I hadn't. This this series is, is so fun. Uh, it's got a lot of action, adventure, um, and just the, the amount of time travel and everything, like, it feels like... And this is this is intended to be a compliment for Backtrack, but I realize that knowing my you know like stance on the guy, like I realize that it's not. But like this book reads as if Doctor Who was directed by um, by um, oh man, what's his name? What's his Michael name? Bay. Michael Bay. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I had it in my head like thirty seconds ago. And I completely forgot. But yeah, it feels like Doctor Who was directed by Michael Bay. And weirdly, I'm here for it. Uh, Matt, I know you finished it. What'd you think? I did. Um, and I'm just going to say this right off the bat, that this series, these 10 issues, um, pretty much made anything that Brian Jones writes from now on an instant buy. Um, it's just, it's so well done. You start this issue, you start the whole thing, and you're like, okay, this is like a time-traveling death race. Like, how much... How, how interesting can this possibly be? And every time you think that he can't ramp up the plot twists, he does. Um, you get, I mean, you get a mole, you get backstabbing, you get this weird alliance between the racers. Um, you get, you know, the, the classic bad guy manipulation of the situation. Um, and all of it done, like, this is one of the things I loved about this this whole arc, too, is that the art is done so well. Because when you need to see the large background panels to see where they're at or what they're doing or they're, like, the city that they're driving through or whatever that is, you get that. But when the focus is on the characters and their dialogue, um, the background... And a lot of that takes place like in these time bubbles where they finish each like set, like part of the race. Um, 
but it's it's a very not bland is not the right word, but like it's it's a very empty background which lets you focus on the characters and what's being said, and you don't have to worry about losing something in that background, um, which was was just phenomenal too because like those things that they're in at the end of each race sequence are weird and wild colors, pink and blue and yellow and orange. And so like you get those faded colors in the background of the characters as they're talking to each other. And it just kind of is an atmosphere for where they are. And it doesn't, it doesn't take away from it. It like, it it really just adds to the whole thing. Um, But like, I I tore through both volumes of this in in quick order, um, and I absolutely loved it. So we have another uh, edition of Trailer Takedown. Uh, the first two trailers are Jupiter's Legacy versus Flashback. Um, Lydia, since we haven't talked to you for a while, I'll let you start off. What were your thoughts? So uh, I just completely blanked which two did you pit against each other. Jupiter's Legacy and Flashback. Okay. So, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, I wasn't entirely sure what to think of it, like, just based off of the title. And then watching it, it was such an interesting combination of serious and then, like, super campy because of the superhero outfits that I wanted to be, like, annoyed by it, but it kind of worked in a really weird way so i'm really interested to sit down and watch that and then flashback also kind of caught my attention in a strange way because i like the idea behind it but i'm concerned that it's going to go kind of how most horror thriller type movies go and get like very stupid at the end so Honestly, I kind of want to see them both, but I'm more interested to see uh, Jupiter's Legacy than the other one. So I'm going to say six to Jupiter and five, uh, four to flashback. Tabitha, what about you? <laughs> Y'all making me do math with zero points each. Um, <laughs> doing like negative math. Okay, so... Sky High, or not Sky High. So sorry. It looks like Sky High. I'm so glad somebody else thought that. So it's Sky High. Like, it's like Sky High and the Watchmen had a baby, but it grew up on ABC Family. (laughs) So the only reason this gets any points is for Dollar General Alice Cullen kicking ass in that weird white room. Because that's exactly what she looked like. Agreed. Or no, was that that movie? Guys, I'm so confused. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, it's the girl with the short hair. It looks like Alice Cullen. Mm-hmm. Isn't Alice uh-huh. Anyway, and then flashback, I have not been so confused since I watched Mulholland Drive. Like, I have no idea what's happening. It gets no points because it confused me. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give it one point out of sympathy, and I'm going to give nine points to Sky High. Because <laughs> I can't remember the name of the movie. What is it called? Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah. I haven't even been drinking. I'm so glad I'm not the only one that thought that. Though. <laughs> We're watching it, and I'm like, "Is this like a Sky High remake?" And like, I was seriously thinking it was until it wasn't, and I was like, no. "It's the adult version of Sky High." <laughs> like, wouldn't that have been on Disney Plus? Oh my god. <laughs> um, for me, Jupiter's Legacy uh, just flat out looked badass. Uh, I was slightly worried because with um, with Mark Millar, uh, I like some of his movies, but at the same time, or you know, I, I like some of the movies based off of his comic books. But at the same time, some other movies of his, as well as some of his comic books, tend to go way too far in terms of you know gore and blood and literal guts. Um, <laughs> And I am sure that that's going to be a thing with this movie, but we didn't see any of that in the trailer. Uh, but at the same time, it just, like I said, just flat out looks badass. Uh, flashback looks kind of cool, but I feel like if I watch this movie, it's, I'm going to leave it uh, the same way that I left Tenet, not knowing any effing thing that just happened. <laughs> so um, I am giving Jupiter's Legacy seven points, and Flashback gets three. 
Matt, round it out. Um, so I didn't realize that Jupiter's legacy was Mark Millar, um, which it's interesting because this play is shows the trailer shows like a family drama with superheroes and some kind of campy costumes and kind of over the top action. Um, but being Mark Millar, it's probably going to get dark and pretty violent pretty quick. Um, the only thing I can really say about flashback is that Nancy Reagan would tell you to say no to drugs. So we're going to go with eight for Jupiter's legacy and two for flashback because I feel like there might be something there. I just don't know what it is. All right. So with a score of 30 to 10, Jupiter's legacy moves on. And it's going to face the winner of the next battle. It's uh, Batista versus John Cena with Army of the Dead <laughs> versus F9. And I didn't plan it that way. But when I started watching the trailers, I was like, oh, I, I did this. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start on this one because I'm breaking kind of my own rules here. I didn't divvy out all 10 points. I just couldn't. Um, Army of the Dead gets two <laughs> points. It gets one point for Tignataro because um, Tignataro is one of my favorite people that I never watch, but I need to watch more of her. Uh, it gets another point for being set in Vegas. Uh, Vegas is one of my favorite cities, and especially that scene with like all the zombies, but then you have the St. Louis or the Vegas uh, backdrop in the background. I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. It also gets a final point for a zombie Elvis impersonator. Um, F9 gets zero points. I wanted to give it one point for Michelle Rodriguez because Michelle Rodriguez is one of my favorite people. I know that I know that that's an unpopular opinion, but this also seems to be like the Fast and Furious franchise seems to be the only thing that she's doing these days. So like, I can't even give her a point for contributing to this and nothing else. So F9 gets zero. Um, Lydia, what are your points? Well, that's unfair. Do we have to deal out all our points then? <laughs> I mean, um, if, you do, if you don't want to, you don't have to. No, I'll do it right just because you didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I really don't know a whole lot about, like, the Fast and the Furious franchise. I've only seen, like, maybe the first one in Tokyo Drift. At what point did these stop being racing movies? Like, I'm I'm lost. What is it, what is this series even about anymore? And then, Army of the Dead is it just looks like every horrible stereotypical zombie thing they can think of crammed into a movie. And then I I disagree with you. The zombie Elvis thing ticked me off. <laughs> it wasn't even a good Elvis. Like, come on! If you're gonna do it, do it right. But like, <sighs> I don't want to see either one of them. So I'm just gonna say they get five points each because I can't divvy one over the other. Matt. So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. The fact that I know that this Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder is the beginning of a quote-unquote universe that he's even released the title for the prequel. Like, why do we need a zombie universe? Like, a, a, another one. Like, I don't know. We're all already over The Walking Dead, so just the zombie thing needs to go away for a while. Um, I'm intrigued by the idea that this is supposed to be a heist movie with zombies. That kind of intrigues me. Um, as far as F9... I, why are we still doing these movies? Why are they still happening? Like, I just don't, I don't understand why there are nine of them. Like that, I just don't understand. Um, I, okay, because the premise of the heist zombie movie intrigues me, um, I'm going to give that seven. Um, and... The other three points that I'm giving to F9 are all just because Helen Mirren exists in that film. 
period the end. <laughs> and finally, Tabitha. Um, my points uh, for Army of the Dead are basically allotted the same as Mitch's. Like, Tignataro gets a point. Uh, zombie Elvis impersonator gets a point. Zombie Tiger gets a point because get your revenge, baby, do it. Um, <laughs> but this is like Ocean's Eleven meets Mad Max meets The Walking Dead, which are three things that I don't mind super separately. But like when you put them all together, it just sounds like garbage. Also, I'm tired of Zack Snyder. I, I need him to disappear. Like, go away. I'm tired of hearing your name. I'm tired of looking at your face. Um, and then these... Fast and the Furious movies get weirder every single time. I also have not seen one since probably Tokyo Drift, but you watch the preview and it's just like they progressively get stranger and stranger. These should have died with Paul Walker. Like it just, it should be over. Like it should have stopped. <laughs> oh. Like they should have stopped. They should have, they should have stopped in tribute to Paul Walker and been like, we can't do it without Paul. We're not doing it at all. <laughs> that rhymed on accident. <laughs> so I'm going to give five points to both of them because I, like Lydia, can't decide what's worse. So moving on uh, is Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead beats F9 with the Batista bomb with a score of 20 to 13. (laughs) All right. So that leaves uh, Jupiter's Legacy going up against Army of the Dead. Um, Matt, let's start with you. Army of the Dead, Jupiter's Legacy. Um, uh, I, this is, this is I, I don't know. I'm going to go five and five, which probably doesn't help anybody else. Yeah. Lydia. See, this This is a no-brainer for me because I want nothing to do with Army of the Dead. So <laughs> Jupiter's Legacy can have nine, and I will give Army of the Dead one just out of pity. I like how you said it was a no-brainer. Uh, uh, I am going uh, 10 points to Jupiter's Legacy, zero to Army of the Dead, uh, full stop. Tabitha. I'm giving Zombie Oceans 11 two points, (laughs) and I'm giving Sky High Part 2 eight points. (laughs) Because I can't remember the name of either one of these things now. So... So the winner is uh, Sky High, a new class uh, with 32 <laughs> points versus Brains 11 with 8 points. Brains <laughs> 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 uh, We just rename all the trailers in the movies. I mean, yeah. our names more, are better, though. Yeah, they're more yeah, accurate. Right. I would be way more willing to watch Brains 11. Yes, and also Sky High First Class or Second Class or whatever Mitch said, like way better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's do some gut reaction. Gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Matt and American Gladiators. Dude, American Gladiators is going to have a documentary. Uh, It's going to be part of ESPN's 30 for 30. Directed by Ben Byrne. Um, side note, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg apparently announced in 2019 they are planning a revival for some time in the 2020s of American Gladiator. Um, this is going to feature many of the previous Gladiators discussing, talking about life um, in and around the show and life as a Gladiator. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but everybody that I knew had a favorite Gladiator, loved this show. I can't wait for this to arrive. I'm going to go thumbs up. I love a documentary. It usually doesn't even really matter what it's about, so I'm going to go thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah, I love everything about this. Um, Little Kid Mitch uh, was a huge fan of American Gladiators. Uh, Young adult slash young 20s or whenever the first revival with Hulk Hogan and Tatiana Ali when that was out, like, I loved that one. Not as much as the OG, but it is what it is. I am here for this documentary. And I am probably even here for the re-revival. So, yeah, thumbs up. Lydia. 
So I feel like I'm going to get yelled at for this, but I've heard that name, but I don't actually know what American Gladiators is. You're not going to get yelled at, but... Okay. Oh, man. You're just showing your youth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, especially, like, when I was home, you know, sick from school, like, that was a must on USA at what, like, 11 a.m. or something like that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I was all about it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go go, go on, Lydia. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, I, I don't really have an opinion, but you guys seem like you're happy-ish about it, so thumbs up, I guess. Uh, Tabitha, let's talk about your latest crush. Okay, so I have a Lin-Manuel Miranda story, so I was really confused for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but evidently we're talking about, okay, do you guys remember the movie with Alicia Silverstone, The Crush, from, like, the no. 90s? No. Okay. It's a thriller movie where this girl, like, becomes best friends with this other girl, and she, like, starts hardcore crushing on the girl's dad, but he's like, that's weird, you're a teenager, please stop, and she's like, but no, I'm gonna single white female your girlfriend. It's very dramatic. She, like, starts destroying property, and she's, like, crazy manipulative. It's nuts. Anyway, the thing you would not think we're getting to that is a YA sequel. Hmm? It's a book, not a movie. It's a book um, that is going to be a young adult sequel to that movie. I have no idea how that's going to work. It sounds super inappropriate. I'm giving this a thumbs down. It's just not the news I thought I was going to see in 2021. So, so no. I would... And don't get me wrong, I've never even heard of the first movie. I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in any kind of sequel. But I would be more understanding if it was a, you know, a a reboot or a sequel, you know, like in movie form. But because this is a YA novel of all kind of novels, uh, makes zero sense. Um, This is basically like, you know, how to stalk your gym teacher or whatever. (laughs) Basically, yes. I am not here for it. Thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah. Um, no. This is... The movie sounds awful. We don't need some kind of book to follow it up with. This is not the kind of behavior you need to be perpetuating on young girls. Um, thumbs down. Matt. I don't really have anything else to add, but why? Um, so thumbs down. <laughs> So there is a change.org petition to recast T'Challa in the MCU. Um, According to the petition, quote, there is no more positive form of representation in black culture than strong black men and women supporting one another. T'Challa's character was only scratching the surface with his story in the MCU, and there is so much left to tell. Uh, So as of right now, um, 51 people have signed this petition. Um, I get where this guy is coming from. I understand it. And, you know, I I agree with him to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, I'm going thumbs down on this. And here's why. Uh, In real life, people who have a huge impact on society die well before they are supposed to. Uh, And I don't and I think that it's up to the MCU to find a character you know, whether it's, you know, Shuri or whether it's some other Wakandan character that we don't know yet, it's up to the MCU to find that character to step up and take T'Challa's place, not only in the movie as Black Panther, but also in the MCU and in the entertainment industry as a whole um, to be that representation that is now seriously lacking with the lack of uh, Chadwick Boseman. So uh, I get what you're saying, but thumbs down. Lydia. I completely agree. I understand the need for representation as far as all that goes, but as far as T'Challa's character goes, I think Chadwick Boseman did such a great job with it. There's not going to be any replacing him. If you're going to try to replace that character, have Shuri take over, or like you said, have somebody that you don't know who it is take over the character and it'd be a different character. Don't try to recast T'Challa with another actor. It won't. It just won't have the same effect. Thumbs down. Matt. Uh, pretty much everything that you guys have said so far, as far as the representation is like important. Um, but at the same time, yes, this is not the kind of character that I think you can just um, recast. 
no offense to either of the actors, but this is not James Rhodes, Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle, um, War Machine type of character. This is like top tier Avenger, like all star. Um, and I just don't think that like you can really replace that um, by just recasting the actor. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs down on the petition. Tabitha. Yeah, you guys have literally said it all. I agree. Thumbs down. Uh, Matt, let's talk about Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Netflix has announced that, as always, they're taking on bigger and bigger projects um, every time we turn around. And this is probably quite literally their biggest. Um, they're going to be doing a live action Mobile Suit Gundam feature film. Um, it, they're doing this in part because of the success that the MonsterVerse and Pacific Rim have had in popular culture. Um, Jordan Vogt Roberts, um, who was the director of Kong Skull Island, is going to be leading this project. And for me, icing on the cake, as much as I don't know anything about Mobile Suit Gundam, Brian K. Vaughn is going to pen the script. Um, so I'm here for this. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, you had pretty much completely lost me when you started talking about this, and then you gave me Brian K. Vaughn and the director of Kong Skull Island, which is weirdly one of my favorite Kong movies. Um, so I'm gonna go thumbs sideways because I'm still a little afraid of the the Gundam thing. It's <laughs> it's weird, guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, anything that has Brian K. Vaughn in it deserves at least a thumb sideways for me. But uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and just give this a full thumbs up. Lydia. See, I don't know a whole lot about Gundam, but my concern with doing a live action of this is it's just going to be some weird crossover between like Transformers and Power Rangers. And <laughs> I'm not here for it. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> uh, but do we really need that, though? <laughs> Is my point. Uh, I don't know. Thumb sideways. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk. Um, so in In the Heights, um, in the song 96,000, uh, there is a lyric in the original like script that says, Donald Trump and I on the links and he's my caddy, sang by Benny who was making, you know, a reference to if you suddenly had $96,000. Um, they decided to take that out, and it has been updated. It has now been updated to Tiger Woods, which, honestly, let's get real, makes more sense. Um, but I'm just going to quote Lynn as to why they took it out. When I wrote it, he was an avatar for the Monopoly man. He was just a famous rich person. Then when time moves on and he became, becomes the stain on American democracy, he changed the lyric. Um, Benny is being played by Corey Hawkins. Uh, they were talking about it and he, it's, it, everyone was in agreement that this couldn't, this could not stay in this musical. Like it, it did not age well and it's been removed. They've replaced it with something else. Um, and I think they did it for the best, like for like, this is, this is what they should have done. This is what they had to do. So I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I agree. Thumbs up. Um, I feel like, uh, yes, the, it did not age well. Um, I feel like if Trump was even half as um, divisive as he ended up being, I would have been okay with leaving the lyric in. But it just, it yeah, it just doesn't have that same feeling to it so yeah good call lydia yeah i agree i'm happy. i'm okay with this change thumbs up matt this is one of those situations where you have something that was popular culture um and didn't age well as they said and you have the opportunity to essentially retcon it and make it something else which still makes just as much sense but in a grander scheme um so absolutely t 
take the opportunity to do this. Um, thumbs up. Yeah, it's like having a lyric in the song that says something about, like, having drinks with Bill Cosby. Like, you don't say that in 2021. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, um, Image Comics and Skybound Entertainment are celebrating Skybound's 10th anniversary with a uh, weekly miniseries called Skybound X. Um, it will feature five, um, <clears throat> five anthology uh, books they will each feature a uh, story of Rick Grimes 2000, but also um, each book will then feature stories of new characters, new comics, things like that. Um, giant thumbs up, even though I'm not a Walking Dead fan, this is still incredible for Skybound, incredible for Image. And depending on the other you know, comics that are featured, I, it, it could get me to pick up a copy. Lydia. Yeah, this sounds really cool. Also, um, one of the comics is going to have uh, Clementine, which is from the Telltale Walking Dead series. So that's really cool to me. So yeah, giant thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I definitely love the fact that they're going to do essentially a crossover between Rick Grimes and Clementine, <clears throat> which those Walking Dead video games are, and now and have been on my list to play for quite a while. But like to see how those, you know, interact, um, is going to be cool. And again, like Mitch said, you know, if what other things they include in this could be super, super cool. So thumbs up. Tabitha. You're literally all speaking a foreign language, but you're all really excited. So thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love we're all so happy for each other to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things, guys. <laughs> so the last story for gut reaction before we get to our, um, Probably the most disturbing last story that we've had in a while. Um, Matt, let's talk about some PS5 news. Um, so PlayStation 5 has their first big update that we released, I believe, this week. Um, it includes software for the DualSense controller. A um, couple of other, I guess, bigger things. Um, has a power off link, um, which will turn off the TV. And put the when you turn off the TV, it puts the PlayStation in rest mode. So you don't actually even have to turn off your PS5. Um, turning off the TV will essentially do that, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and it will also have a one-touch play, which when you turn the PlayStation 5 on, it will turn on the TV and change the input for to like to the correct input for the system. Um, just kind of fun little techie type of things to be able to do with that. Um, the biggest news from this update, though, is that um, they are allowing USB expanded storage for games, um, which has been a big issue from the beginning because the PlayStation 5 does not have a bigger hard drive than the PlayStation 4, but the games are bigger and are requiring more space. So you can put less games on your PS5 than you could on your PS4 just because the graphics are more intensive. Um, there was some stat early on that was like, you could basically put three brand new release games on the PS5 on release and you filled your hard drive, which is just absolutely insane. Like you should have had a bigger hard drive to start with at that point. Um, but anyway, you will be able to connect USB storage to the PlayStation 5. Um, the only trick is you can move those games from the PlayStation 5 to the expanded storage, but you can't play from there. So once you get them installed, you can move them. But if you want to play them again, you have to move them back to the PS5. So a little bit of a give and take there, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, like as far as like the whole expanded storage thing goes, that gets at least a thumbs up because they're trying to do something that they should have fixed before the system even hit shelves. So. Um, I mean, good for them fixing it, but like they should have not had to fix it because that logic doesn't even make sense for people who are like prolific gamers, which again, I am not. However, I will say turning off the TV and it turning off the stupid game system would change <laughs> my life because every time that thing is on and then I try to turn on the Apple TV, it ruins my day. So... It's, which is and then I got to get the real remote out and I got to get in a whole different basket and I don't like anything. Um, so 
thumbs up for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I wish that was a <laughs> Yeah. Uh, not only that, but also turning it on and it automatically going to the right input and everything like that, like, that is phenomenal. Um, also, like, I don't, for me, since I'm not a gamer, um, I don't see that big of a problem when it comes to having to move something from the, you know, USB, like, expanded storage back onto the PS5 to play it. It, it doesn't sound to me like it's that different from having to get, you know, like, a disc from like a PS1 or a PS2 or whatever and putting that into the console. It's kind of like the same idea for me. So whatever, but yeah, thumbs up Lydia. See, I'm going to kind of go on the opposite end of the spectrum for what you just said, because I'm, I'm a gamer, but I'm a, a bad gamer, especially right now. Cause whenever I get the chance to play a game, I'm always like, well, what do I want to play? And I end up like starting a game and then only going so far. And the next time I want to play something else. So I bounce around between the games I'm playing. So I'm playing like five games right now that I haven't finished. So the idea that I would have to like move the files, which I know is probably going to take a minute, would just stop me from playing that game at all. So that would be an issue for me. However, like you guys said, I do like the idea of being able to just play, turn on the system and have it switch the TV on and turn it to the right input and all that. Because I, I don't have a TV remote that works properly. So <laughs> that would save me a whole lot of hassle. <laughs> but yeah, the whole uh, storage space thing should have been something they thought about before they even released the system. So thumbs up for the idea of them trying to fix it, but thumbs down for the fact that they released the system with less storage space than the previous system, knowing that it was going to have more on it, because what the heck? Also, oh. sorry, Gamer Lydia came out. I ranted for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. Quite all right. No, no need to apologize for Gamer Lydia. <laughs> so our last story for tonight, and just judging from the picture that I saw that came along with it, uh, it's terrifying. Um, Tabitha, let's go to the Baby Yoda news desk. Um, so this isn't really too much of a story. And the reason I put my stories in the order that I did put them in was so that picture would show up for you guys. Um, Gee, thanks. There is a TikTok user named Baking Thursdays. And sometimes the, they take on like challenges. And a couple weeks ago, someone said, do buff Baby Yoda. And they were like, okay. So they did just that. They made buff baby Yoda in like a cake. They made a cake of a buff baby Yoda. Uh, you can watch the video on TikTok. It shows the step-by-step -step process of the baking of the cake and then the decorating and the giving of the abs and the delts and the in the whatever the biceps i don't know what muscles are called um and like neck muscles and pecs and it's basically baby yoda on steroids um the arguably the best part of the video is at the very end where she's like done with it and it is absolutely terrifying and then she cuts it in half <laughs> it looks very realistic the color is very good it's a very good design but by god it is creepy like it is it is the most uncomfortable cake I've ever seen. And I've seen baby shower cakes. Yeah, I want I want none of Baby Yoda's cake. Mm, mm -mm. Ew. <laughs> that had to be a better better way to say that. <laughs> nope. 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 Don't ask for a better way, he'll make it worse. <laughs> I mean, you know you know why Baby Yoda's so buff, right? Because frog eggs are really high in protein. Oh my god. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is literally your fault. I know. The whole container with his, what's his protein shake? <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> I'd like to be done now. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to have any more uh, awkward baby Yoda moments? No. Uh, yeah, I saw this TikTok when it, like, first, like, not when it first got posted, but somebody shared it, and I was just like, but why? 
<laughs> and then it just keeps circulating. And now they're like, people are doing challenges where they're trying to make it. And it looks like, you know, crap because they're not cake designers. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. It's, it's all just so bad. Yeah. So full honesty, like I said, before we started recording, I really didn't pay attention to anything that got posted this week. That was the only thing that I saw. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to look at your guys' stories because I knew I hadn't posted any of my own because I'm horrible like that. And I saw that and I was just like, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough internet forever. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for that. <laughs> Here for you. Uh, but yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, I will be off. I, I don't know. I was going to make another weird joke, but uh, I don't think Maybe just me. Yeah. something new for the class. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. So that's going to do, that, do it for this uh, episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter? Twitter is not a thing. Twitter is a thing. Um, we'll be posting news throughout the week. While you're there, uh, Give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, or Buff Baby Yoda recipes, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Or don't. <laughs> yeah, please don't send those. We don't want them. <laughs> um, from all of us at The Geek Awakens, we'll be back next week, but thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Everybody say bye. 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 bye.